Hey, nosy neighbors, it's Kylie. And I'm Mary. And you're listening to Sipping with Snapped, a true crime podcast. Hey. Hi, neighbors. What's with the hey? Oh, <laughs> hey. I try and do like a sassy hey, but I'm not <laughs> built to be sassy, so it comes out <laughs> very disingenuous. <laughs> yeah, you're not. Woo-hoo. Hey. Yeah, exactly. Like, like the White Girls. Yeah. The White Girls movie. Hey. Yes, exactly. I seem like I am. <laughs> what? The number of things that came out in the early 2000s that are so problematic. <laughs> inappropriate. Yes. Way inappropriate. Mm-hmm. I mean, you even, I saw somebody talking about the original Mean Girls. Yes. Because they literally were like, fat girl table, mm-hmm. anorexic. Like, they just labeled everybody. Yes. And you can't do that. <laughs> I did see that millennials don't like Seinfeld. They find it. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I talk, I've i been talking about how I'm finally <laughs> watching it now, but there are a lot of things where I'm like, ooh, yeah. a little cringy. Yeah. But yeah, I'm sure that it's, it's like that yeah. for things like if you showed white chicks to any but oh. any Gen Z, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they would be like, no. They're like, oh my God. They'd be like, this is, this is so messed up. And we're like, we laugh at it in theater i mean that's where tina the talking tummy is from oh i didn't know that i didn't know that yes in the dressing room this teeny girl's like tina the talking tummy so there's like too many things that are problematic oh man well my parents they were watching archie bunker and edith bunker and the jeffersons and mm-hmm. ooh, sanford and sons the things there's no way that those would, would air today there's no way right it's so yeah but you also, I guess you think about the intent behind it. Like, there is no malicious intent at the time, depending on when it was. The things for a laugh, like the Mean Girls jokes, mm-hmm. those yeah. were not malicious. Everybody was, everyone was doing it. Everyone <laughs> saying it. I know. Everyone's jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah. What are you drinking? So, uh, tonight I'm drinking the Yellow Hammer, which is two-thirds cup pineapple juice. A half cup orange juice, Mm -hmm. quarter cup vodka, quarter cup amaretto, quarter cup white rum, and then just two tablespoons or like an ounce, so like a shot of orange liqueur. And our favorite, maraschino cherries. Maraschino for garnish. Yes. So you um, mix them all together Mm -hmm. and serve it. It makes obviously more than one drink. It makes a pitcher. Oh. (laughs) So it's a whole evening of fun. Because those are quarter cups. Yes, exactly. Well, I guess it depends on how big you pour your glasses, but (laughs) it's yummy. (laughs) Do you serve it over ice? Yes. Okay. In a glass with some ice. With a straw. Yeah, mm. some good stuff. Got my cherry. Got my special glass right here. I'm going to take out a sip. Does this mean we're going to Alabama? It does. We are going to Alabama. Roll Todd. Because if you didn't know, Yellowhammer is the bird for Alabama, right? Yes, it is. Yes, That's it. correct. Yup. So on July 5th, 2015 in Leeds, Alabama, (gasps) which is a town just east of Birmingham. That's right next door. I know. This whole case is right around you. (laughs) Oh, 
I'm so excited for it. Wow. Was I on your mind? I wa- it was. I was like, hey, if you want to, you can go to the crime scene, take some IRL photos. Uh, I can do that. <laughs> so um, in Leeds, Alabama, a town just east of Birmingham, like right east, <laughs> <laughs> the, around 6.30 p.m., a couple was riding their ATVs at an area called the Playground. I don't know if you've heard of it. I guess it's a place north of Interstate 20 with off-road trails and big clearings where people ride their ATVs, motorbikes, but they also like shoot guns at cans and make bonfires. Well, that (laughs) playground that we went with your kids Mm -hmm. was in Leeds. With the big slides. No way. That was Leeds. Wow. Mm -hmm. So we've been there. Mm Mm-hmm. That evening, um, so this couple's riding their ATVs and the wife stops at a bonfire, Mm -hmm. just checking it out. And then she notices something and flags down her husband. Okay. She noticed what looked like a leg (gasps) underneath at the bottom of a bonfire. So she immediately called 911. Under the fire. Yeah. Under like the rubble. Oh my God. Oh my God. So Detective Kevin Palmer headed the investigation. He questioned the couple who made the discovery and was able to clear them of suspicion. They found the body face down on the burn pile with its arms outstretched. So the extremities. Kind of like a crucifix pose. Yeah. Oh my God. The torso was almost completely destroyed by the fire. Once the coroner arrived, they decided to move the body. They roll over the victim to discover the chest cavity was completely open. Oh my God. And there were two bullets inside. Yeah, it was very gruesome. Things were missing, like the fire. I'm assuming they put the fire out first. Yes. So it was an, okay. it was a, <laughs> the ashes of the fire. So she like went up next to it and was like, oh, oh okay. I wonder what they did here. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I can't imagine. Uh, mm-hmm. There was no way to visually identify the victim okay. and no like wallet or anything left at the scene. So uh-huh. they would have to wait for the coroner to let them know who he was. Okay. In the ashes of the fire, investigators find shell casings and bullet fragments everywhere, as well as things like beer bottles and cans. Oh. And police take it all because they don't know what's evidence and what's just left over from yeah. playground play because <laughs> they can get dna mm-hmm. okay on july 7th the autopsy is complete the coroner was actually able to get fingerprints from one of his hands oh my gosh that wasn't too burnt from the fire okay 20 year old anthony shane gibson was born on november 1st 1994 in panama city florida okay so his mother left when he was young, but his father, Christopher, made sure he was part of a loving family with a good childhood. Okay. So he lived with his grandmother and by his aunts and uncles in Harpersville, Alabama. They were all very close. That's right near me. <laughs> they were all very close. Mm-hmm. Anthony was a good kid who made decent grades, and then he started playing guitar, even in the church band. Mm-hmm. After graduating high school, he joined the family siding company and took classes online in hopes of one day starting his own business. Okay. Anthony had a strong work ethic. He started his day early around 5 or 6 a.m. and then didn't return until around 4 or 5 in the evening. Okay. Anthony was also considered a bit of a ladies man. Ooh. In photos, yeah, he's like a cute kid. It's difficult because he's he's like 18, 20 years old. So he's like younger, but he's a cute guy. And I guess when he started learning guitar, Mm -hmm. he became more like attractive 
attractive to the girls. Oh, yeah. He was also young, so he dated every girl for, like, two weeks, you know? It showed a <laughs> montage of him with, like, selfies of these blurred-out faces. And yeah. he was just a young kid talking to girls. So it turns out that Anthony's family began to worry when they couldn't get a hold of him back on July 2nd. Oh, no. Now, on July 7th, investigators decide not to notify the Gibson family of their discovery, but to first work through the rest of the autopsy report. Okay. That way they know how he passed. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. The coroner's findings were somewhat limited because the fire destroyed the body. Uh, Trigger warning, it was so hot that like some of the internal organs were gone. Like when they say it was empty, the fire ate up like all of it. Yeah. That's a lot because your body's made out of water. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. It did reveal that the bullets found in the body were not the cause of death, but they were old ones from people shooting in the area. Cans and stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. That had somehow like gotten in there from the fire. Mm-hmm. It was difficult to determine the exact cause of death, but the coroner was able to identify two possibilities. Okay. First, he discovered that Anthony had a broken femur with severe hemorrhaging around the wound an injury that would be deadly if it was untreated yeah doesn't that sound gnarly just the thought of breaking the femur Mm. that's like a huge bone Uh Mm. the other possibility was an overdose the toxicology report revealed high levels of meth and amphetamines in his system okay detective palmer was like is this murder or an accident okay but if it was an accident how could he be underneath the fire because it showed photos um i saw photos of the scene and it was like a bunch of logs and metal piping and just debris you know piled on him yes yeah exactly it was that's deliberate that's a deliberate thing detective palmer goes to kathy lee I'm sorry. I- Kathy Lee Gifford? <laughs> so it's Kathy, C-A-F-F-I-E. Oh, Kathy. Oops. <laughs> I died. I had to rewind it and was like, what? Because <laughs> it reminded me there's like a bit where people have, have done about spelling names in the South deliberately incorrect in order to like throw off authorities. I was like, no way. I've never seen Kathy. Yeah. Anyways. So Kathy Lee, Anthony's grandmother, they go, he goes to interview her about her missing grandson. Okay. Anthony currently lived with her and his dad in Harpersville. Mm -hmm. So Detective Palmer begins by asking if anyone would want to harm her grandson. Okay. He does not reveal that he has passed away yet. Mm -hmm. He wants to get information first i'm not sure if it's because he was suspicious of her or if he realized that if he revealed he was dead she'd be too distraught to like give information factually you know because she's probably 50 or 60 years old yeah she she looked young yeah kathy tells detectives that july 2nd was a normal day Mm -hmm. and then that night around 8 p.m anthony asked to borrow her car he said he wanted to go to the store to get food which wasn't unusual he liked late night snacks so she let him use it Mm -hmm. and didn't see him again before she went to bed 
The next morning, Anthony and her car, a 1998 white Ford Escort, were missing. She checked and it didn't seem that Anthony had come home at all the night before. Like his bed didn't look disturbed. Okay. The family attempted to report a missing on July 3rd, but Harpersville police said he wasn't missing long enough. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. 48 hours, even though it was 2015. <sighs> That's... Uh-huh. Quote, they can file a... He's old enough. He probably ran away. Yes. Yeah. They can file a report that he's missing, but with him being an adult male, he can walk up and leave anytime he wants to, mm-hmm. said Harpersville Police Commander Michael Moore. Mm. The police were only mildly concerned while the family told him it was not like him to leave and not return. Mm-hmm. Anthony did not pack any clothes. He left his laptop open and never picked up his last paycheck. Yeah. The GPS tracker showed him right in the area that he works and then it suddenly shut off. Oh. The family told all of this to the police, but HPD believed he still could have just run away. That's so crazy. Your family knows you. Your family knows you. Right? Mm -hmm. So the family decides to continue their own investigation. Mm Mm-hmm. Usually happens like that. Because there's no way that you could sit on your hands afterwards. Oh, no. I'd have to be out there. Yes. They uh, call all the friends, ask everybody if they knew anything, Mm -hmm. and then they begin to fear the worst because no one knows anything about where Anthony was. Or they're lying. Mm -hmm. His phone was in his grandmother's name. So luckily, they were able to look at phone records on their own. Oh, nice. Kathy tells a detective. Sad. Yeah, right? (laughs) I mean, that's kind of like the, would you be able to look at Devin's phone records? God forbid she went missing. (laughs) I know. Would I want to? I know. There's that part of it, too. Maybe the find my friends. I'd rather do find my friends. Yeah. <laughs> Kathy tells the detective he'd been in contact with two numbers the night of his disappearance. Mm-hmm. The first call was at 630 to his ex-girlfriend, Candy Zito. One of the ex-girlfriends? <laughs> <laughs> yes, one of them. The second was a phone call to his current girlfriend, Jessica Irwin, at 8 p.m. Okay. The family calls Candy first, who says that they haven't spoken in years since they broke up and she had no idea where he could be. Mm-hmm. But she showed concern and said, I'd love to help however I can. So next they call. How did she explain the phone call? Yeah, she said that it was strange. She's like, I don't know why he would have tried to call me. We haven't talked in forever. And the family was like, okay. So I didn't pick up? Yeah. She didn't really. Or did she pick up? I know. There wasn't an explanation. It was just like, haven't talked to him. Don't know anything. Let me know if you need anything else. (laughs) Yeah. Bye. So next, they call Jessica. Okay. She tells them that she and Anthony were supposed to meet the night of his disappearance, but he never showed. Nope. Mm-hmm. That's what they had so far. Mm-hmm. So after this, Detective Palmer finally reveals that Anthony ha- is deceased. Oh. I know. I guess Kathy fell to her knees and it was like a... Dramatic. A big... Mm-hmm. So... It's a hole. It's a hole in your heart. Ah. Oh, and here you are just being like my darn grandson is missing and Mm -hmm. you just you hope not the worst yeah so police put out a bolo for Kathy's car the white Ford Escort with an Alabama plate 1053 AC1 oh there was also a bumper sticker on the vehicle that read quote my child shines at Oliver Elementary (laughs) oh I know right I don't know if it's like this in Massachusetts but in Alabama the first two numbers tells you what county that it's from 
No way. Yeah. That's so clever. Yes. I wonder. I wonder. But I thought it was funny that they had a bumper sticker because I guess it just shows that like innocent cars, innocent looking cars are out there with bad people too. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. So next, police go to Jessica Irwin. She was the last known contact with Anthony. Mm-hmm. Jessica tells detectives they were supposed to meet at Walmart after she got off work around 11 p.m. She waited for him after she got off. He never showed. And she'd actually been a little angry about being stood up at the time, oh. you know. But with work records, she was able to be cleared. Mm. And I always wonder about that. Like, if someone disappears, how you would feel if your last feeling towards them was mad. Yes. You know. The animosity of any sort. Oh. Yes. Police then get in an anonymous call on July 9th from an informant with a tip. This person claims that a man named Lane Lowry from Chelsea, Alabama, might have something to do with the murder. Oh. Oh, snap. Wow. He reveals he's got a long record with drugs, both manufacturing and distributing. Mm-hmm. And police are like, oh, there's, there was drugs in Anthony's system. Maybe this was a drug thing. Huh. Oh, also, Lane Lowry is dating Anthony's ex, Candy Zito. <gasps> so detectives were definitely interested in this tip mm-hmm. and decided to use outstanding warrants for Lowry to get the marshals involved to help him get him for questioning. Okay. Meanwhile, they call Candy. The call does not go how they expect. (laughs) Not only is she just not helpful, she straight up goes, you hear that sound? That's the sound of me throwing the phone out the window and ends the call. (laughs) Presumably throwing her phone out the window. Yeah. So they're like, "Mm, well, we were just kind of suspicious before, but now a giant. Let's bring her in. Yeah. Yes. So police rushed her home to hopefully surprise her and talk to her person in person because she's suspect number one mm-hmm. her latest address was listed at the in the 100 block of cameron drive in chelsea they arrive to find that she's not there but her younger brother zane was oh zane zito what a name oh wow <laughs> zz lane lowry zane zito just all the alliterations in alabama <laughs> <laughs> So Zayn tells police that that's their parents' home, mm-hmm. and their parents are currently abroad working in the Persian Gulf country of Bahrain. You mean Persian? Persian Gulf, yeah. <laughs> you said Persian. So, <laughs> Persian. <laughs> you southerner, you. Got a little twang right there, talking about Alabama. <laughs> Persian, the Persian. <laughs> so Bahrain, never heard of it, so I looked it up. It's a small Arab state off the coast of Africa. Oh. So Zane had stopped by to check on the house, but he hadn't been there in a few days. So detectives ask him more about his sister. Mm -hmm. Candy Renee Zito was born October 2nd, 1984 to a wealthy Alabama family. Mm -hmm. She was different from her siblings who were driven and motivated. But was described as more of a free spirit who went down her own path. She the middle child? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if she was the middle or the youngest. Okay. I know that she had older siblings, but I don't know. Okay. In her 20s, she married a man named Bo, but the marriage was short-lived. Oh. And once they broke up, she moved into a home in Leeds known for partying and drugs. Oh. There, 
she met 16-year-old Anthony Gibson. Oh. Yes, she was. she's 10 years older than him, if you... I was going to say. 84 and 94. Yep. And the two began a brief relationship. Okay. So he gave her food and brought her clothes and looked out for her mm-hmm. while she was at this place. So it seemed like he was like a really loving, nurturing guy trying to be like, yeah. I can get you out of here. And she's there like, oh. I'm just here for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> nice southern twang. Thank you. <laughs> I can totally make fun of her all I want. <laughs> oh, bless her. Uh-huh. Oh, bless it. <laughs> oh, bless it. So things ended when Candy moved with her parents abroad to Bahrain. Oh. For her, it was party central. Looking online at social media, investigators found her posts showing her always done up and out at events, concerts, clubs, just partying. Oh, wow. Her brother Zane tells police that it was more of a facade than reality. Candy's parents kicked her out for causing too much trouble, and she was sent back to the United States alone. In fact, she was not even allowed in the home. Candy had been sleeping in a tent in the backyard of their parents' home. Oh. Yes. Could you imagine? Like, that's how much. Go home and, oh, by the way, we changed the locks. That's how bad you've gotten. Live in a tent in the heat and humidity of Alabama. Exactly. Like, you can live on the yard. (laughs) I mean, wow. Chained up to a tree like a dog. Right? When Detective Palmer was walking back to his car after speaking with Zane, Mm -hmm. he noted an area of the driveway that looked like it was recently cleaned, like power washed, like all of it was dirty and then there was... Bleached. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Very suspicious. Mm Mm-hmm. He needed to talk to Candy. Yes. On July 10th, 2015, a nationwide bolo for Candy Zito and the stolen white escort was issued. Okay. The very next day, hundreds of miles away in Davies County, Indiana, uh, 911 received a call. Indiana. It was from Candy's grandmother. <gasps> She tells authorities that her granddaughter was there looking for money or a place to stay, but she didn't let her in and instead called the cops. Even grandma gives her a tent in the backyard. (laughs) Yeah. Poor Candy. It sounds like burned every bridge she had. Candace. By the time they arrived, Candy's gone, but her grandmother is able to confirm that she was in a white sedan. A deputy later spotted the escort pull out from a gas station and then pull into a Dollar General parking lot. DG, baby. (laughs) Once they're in the lot, there was a verbal exchange between the members of the vehicle and the deputy. The deputy told them to shut up the car, put their hands on the window. However, the driver did not comply. (gasps) Instead, put the car in reverse, jumped the curb, and left. Oh, gosh. A high-speed chase began. And went along for 20 miles. The pursuit continued into Martin County through the cities of Luguti and Shoals. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Indiana. Then the driver lost control, went down an embankment, and hit several trees. Uh, At least it wasn't people. The jaws of life was used to get them out. and Both suspects were airlifted to Deaconess Hospital in Evansville, Indiana. Oh, wow. Which I never know how I feel about when all of the resources are used yeah to save their to lives to save people that are running away from, from murder, murder. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yes yep 
So in the passenger seat, there was candy, but the driver was not Lane Lowry like they thought. Kit Kats and Snickers. (laughs) (laughs) At the hospital, they identified him as Corey Zito, Candy's 26-year-old cousin. Oh, I was going to say the same last name. Mm Mm-hmm. Candy was rushed into surgery while her cousin was in a coma. Oh. At the scene, investigators check out the totaled car. They find blood in the trunk. Lots of blood. Oh, no. Anthony's blood. Yeah. They also seize phone records and confirm Candy did reach out to Anthony the night he disappeared. Oh. She asked him to bring her food and he agreed. Mm-hmm. But for something in return. Oh. You know. You, you know, know what? what? Yeah. Phone records. Use a condom. (laughs) Phone (laughs) records show, right? Come into my tent. (laughs) (laughs) C-O-M-E? Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, Anthony. Uh, Phone records show that he was at her parents' house when they show Candy's phone, then leaving and heading to the playground, the area where Anthony was later found. Okay. So Candy was definitely involved with the murder. Mm-hmm. WTF, does her cousin Corey have to do with it? Oh, yeah. So they're looking at her phone, they're going through her pictures, mm-hmm. and then they find one of the two of them holding an AK-47. <gasps> There's a bunch of them with an AK-47. They're like, okay, weird. And then more than that, then they start seeing photos that indicate they might be close cousins. They might be kissing cousins. They might be Alabama cousin lovers. Is one of them adopted? Question mark. No. <laughs> That's awful. I know. That's awful. That's awful. Cousin lovers in Chelsea, Alabama. Maybe it's a step cousin. Um, step cousin. So cousin by marriage. After finding out these things, investigators immediately ask if Anthony's wounds could be caused by the gun they saw in the pictures. To which the medical examiner did confirm yes, like the broken an AK forty six. So, yeah, he wasn't like all torn up in his leg and his torso from, yeah, it was from a high power rifle. That's awful. Candy Zito remained at the hospital until July 14th, at which point she was released and booked into the Davies County Security Center in Washington, Indiana. Okay. She was facing felony charges in that state for resisting law enforcement and possession of stolen property. Mm -hmm. And she was already charged with the theft of property warrant in Alabama for the theft of Gibson's car. Mm-hmm. So Detective Palmer travels up to question her. Yeah, using a car at a high rate of speed, that's vehicular negligence. Right? Mm-hmm. So she screwed in Indiana and was already screwed in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> he went... <laughs> Sorry. It's awful. Yep. By her cousin. Yep. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe it's in the familiar area. Yeah, that's awful. Oh my god. God, they're being spot on stereotypical Alabama cousin lovers. Oh my God. <laughs> what are the chances? I'm sure it happens in the backwoods and a lot of other places. I know, right? That's awful. <laughs> but what are the chances? That's awful. Oh man. So firstly, she claims she thought Anthony was 18 when they met. Oh. 
in the interview. Yeah, he was 16. Yeah. So in the interview, she was like, well, somebody must have lied to me about his age. Like, I've been lied to. And it's like, no matter what, he was much younger than you. And you definitely took advantage of him. Yeah. Because he gave you things. Uh-huh. Secondly, she says they kept in touch over the years. And it wasn't unusual for her to ask him for food. Mm-hmm. She says that night, he'd shown up around 10 p.m. And while she ate the food, he did drugs. Oh. She then claimed that Anthony began to get aggressive towards her wanting sex. So she screamed and her cousin came out. Oh. She ran into the tent, heard a gunshot, (gasps) and then the car leave, but didn't know what happened. Uh Detective Palmer calls her out being like, how can you be so naive that you hear a gunshot and you don't know (laughs) what happened? Yeah. But Candy claimed when Corey returned without Anthony, she just assumed he brought him to the hospital or something. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Very believable. Detective Palmer starts pressing her further, letting her know he knows about her relationship with her cousin. Mm -hmm. And Candy, in a surprising twist, doesn't even try and hide it. Quote, nobody's going to mess with Bonnie without Clyde coming to handle it. Yeah. I don't know why people put Bonnie and Clyde. Mm -hmm. Put them on a pedestal. They got caught. Mm. Yeah. And killed. Then, in August of 2015, a former cellmate of Candace... Uh, Candace. Candy. Mm. I don't even know if her full name is Candace. I think it really is just Candy. Candace. <laughs> <laughs> um, so her former cellmate talks to police. Oh. She tells police that Candy openly talked about how she was involved with getting rid of Anthony's body. Oh. She said Candy had lured Anthony over by telling him they would have sex. Uh-huh. But the plan was to rob Anthony for drugs and money. Oh. She said Corey killed him and put his body in the trunk of his grandma's car where he bled out. Mm -hmm. The cellmate also said Candy talked to her about Corey waking up from his coma. She apparently said that if Corey woke up, she was going to spend the rest of her life in prison because their stories might not match up. Didn't match. Jailhouse informant. I know in this in this instant it was a good one. Corey Zito was initially in critical condition. Authorities in Alabama issued a warrant for his arrest on September 6th on theft of property charge involving the stolen car. Uh-huh. When Corey did wake up, it was clear the crash left him with brain injury. Oh, he didn't remember much and can barely speak. It's not clear when he was released from the Indiana hospital, but he was booked into the Shelby County Jail that day and ordered held on a $1 million bond. Oh. He had a lengthy criminal history, including five arrests on 12 charges as an adult, Mm -hmm. including burglary, stalking, felony harassing communications, domestic abuse batter, criminal damage to property, criminal trespass, assault drive-by shooting, domestic abuse batter and burglary of an inhabited dwelling oh my gosh yeah that's an arm length not a good guy no Uh uh-huh on march 13th 2016 he was found competent to stand trial okay the prosecution was fearful the murder charges might not stick Uh because anthony was found i mean his cause of death was a broken leg you know which is kind of difficult and the fact that he had a high level of meth found in his system it's it's so difficult when nobody deserves to die yeah and the fact that like you might 
might have something unsavory yeah means that they're gonna cut a deal with your murderer Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yep because unfortunately yes there was a plea deal oh gross the prosecution spoke to anthony's family and they agreed to a plea of 20 years for the murder of anthony shane gibson 20 years that's it both Corey and candy zito accepted the deals and were sentenced on september 7th 2018 they are eligible for parole in 2030 <gasps> Okay. And that is crazy to me that it took place. Did he even remember that he did it? You said he had brain injury? Yeah, I don't think so. Oh, so he doesn't know why he's in jail. I mean... Hopefully he's in a... They could probably... I mean, he must be in some sort of facility yeah. if he had that much brain damage. But I mean, you can see pictures from the crash and they look... Horrific. They look deceased, yeah. Oh. It's gnarly. <gasps> And I mean, if in, even if he doesn't remember the his his most recent crime, oh, he has a laundry yeah. list of other crimes. So mm-hmm. no matter what, he was in jail. He deserves twenty years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was actually also on Snapped. Oh, it is season twenty nine, episode twenty two. Oh, and blew my mind that the murder that happened in Chelsea, Alabama, is with Leeds. No, the murder happened in Chelsea in her driveway. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then um, the body was disposed of as... In Leeds. Disposed of in Leeds. Wow. I know. What are the chances? Oh. Creepy. That's insane. Mm-hmm. The whole kissing cousins thing is kind of crazy, too. Right? No, thanks. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. I know where that is. Oh, man. Hey, Lane Lowry. That's kind of funny. Ha <laughs> ha. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> There's another twist at the end. Zane's. I mean, Candy's definitely the quote unquote mastermind. Yes. I think she just manipulated people to get what she wanted. Mm-hmm. Instead of like creating her own life after her divorce, she went and lived for free at a drug house and mooched used the sympathy of a younger man Mm -hmm. a 16 year old impressionable to give her things yes exactly kept the relationship alive somehow she's like we haven't talked in years but we've kept in touch well then you've talked yes like you left that line open just in case you needed something else from him like 16 and she was 26 he died at 20 years old oh that's so sad so sad so much life to live and he get he came to bring her food do we know where he's buried uh he's in harpersville alabama okay yeah wow yeah that's the sad story of anthony gibson and candy zito don't like zito nope every time you said zito i think of mona lisa vito i know i know (laughs) right yeah but yeah crazy wow make sure that you guys listen to your mothers and make good choices stay nosy neighbors Cheers! Clink! Thank you for joining us. I'm Mary. I'm Kylie. And you've been listening to Sipping with Snapped, a true crime podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Instagram at Sipping with Snapped. Twitter at Sipping Snapped. Facebook, Sipping with Snapped, a true crime podcast. Join our Patreon, Sipping with Snapped. And if you forget all that, go to our website, www.sippingwithsnapped.com. We've got links to everything. Cheers. Cheers! Logan, say I love you.